This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville, Speedway, and 10th Street next to Ben Davis High School for great specials, including the two for $2.50 and two for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey of the Kevin Kersey Agency. The Kevin Kersey Insurance Agency, a member of the Farmers Insurance Group, can help you with your home, life, auto, or business needs. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. We can also be found on Facebook at the Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio. This is Luke Stevenson for the Central Indiana Innovation Hub. Central Indiana Innovation Hub provides space for individuals to meet and network for business-related needs. Central Indiana Innovation Hub is located at 5250 East U.S. Highway 36, Suite 1101 in Avon. More information can be found at indianahub.com. Our phone number is 317-696-3050. Office hours are Monday through Friday, 8.30 to 4. Tours of the facility are available. This is Donald James of Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth is a not-for-profit mentoring organization providing mentoring services to the children of Hendricks County. We pair mentors ages 16 and older with youth in Hendricks County. Over the past five years, we have been able to impact over 120 children through our mentoring and tutoring programs. Information about becoming a mentor or finding a mentor for a child can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. The Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Today's program is made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. And now here's your host, Rob Kendall. Welcome into another edition of Central Indiana Today here on 98.9 WYRZ. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us on the program today. Well, I'm, I'm sure you're sick of seeing the ads. The United States Senate race here in Indiana, it's all over the place. Everybody's talking about it. And with us today is one of the candidates for United States Senate, though she's not bombarding you with television ads. Her <laughs> name is Lucy Brenton. She's the Libertarian nominee. Lucy, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great. And the reason you haven't seen any ads for me is because like li most libertarians, I want to take over the government and then leave you alone. Hey, so let's talk about your debate performance the other night. You did a great 
job. Were you nervous about that? Oh my goodness, I was completely nervous. I've never done a debate like that ever. It was my first one. I wasn't even on debate team in high school. But my husband says I like to argue way too much, and I think that came out. <laughs> okay, so yeah, for those who don't know, you had a debate. It was uh, televised all over the state. It was on radio all over the state. Uh, it actually gave me uh, employment for a few hours because I got to do debate uh, analysis on IBC. Um, you were there with Todd Young and Evan Bayer, the other people you're running against. Take us through what the debate, the, like the behind-the-scenes thing is like getting ready for that because, you know, TV comes on, you're there, they introduce you, you go. What's it like getting ready for a debate? Oh, wow. It, the most surprising thing for me, never having been a politician before, is that it took months to come to the point where we were on the stage. Really? Seven-page debate contract. Um, typically, there are two senatorial debates and right. three gubernatorial debates, but we couldn't get everybody to come together. I won't name any names, but there were certain, you know, old-school politicians who used to be governor in Indiana that apparently didn't want to face Lucy Brenton. So wait a second, yeah, yeah, because that was the rumor was by, like, didn't want to debate with you guys. Yeah, that is that is the truth. What's um, the deal with that? Well, you know what? I don't think he had much to gain by debating because, right. you know, he was going to have both Todd Young and I saying, hey, dude, where do you live? What's your address? Sure. And so there wasn't much for him to gain. He already had a lead in the polls based on spending. I mean, let's face it, they've spent over $30 million so far, and that's why you don't know the name Lucy Brenton, because I have no corporate strings pulling me. Okay, so uh, seven-page contract. Yes. Like, okay, so... It, uh, when we do, so like when we do our debates here, we just say the candidates, hey, you guys want to come in and talk? We'll talk about the issues. You know, we debate uh, Indiana Senate or governor, you know, when we had the libertarians in who were running for governor. There's no contract. What's in the contract? You know, it was so interesting. Um, and I always wanted to be a lawyer. Never got to be one. But um, you know what? It was, it was super duper interesting. Let me give you an example. Um, how we were at the lecterns was determined and spelled out in the contract. So we had a pre-meeting a week before right. and had a random employee from W... Uh from uh, WFYI come right. in and pull our names out of a little bowl. Okay. So I got the first position because I my name was drawn out of the hat first. It was out of the bowl so first. So they go through, because it's fascinating because <laughs> I'm sure on the pres the presidential debate is this even magnified. Oh, yeah, definitely. But so they even have it down to in this sort of contract deal where you guys are going to stand. Yeah, absolutely. And the position, the 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 position of the media afterwards who got to go first second and third the lincoln douglas style debate where we got to bring up you know our, our choice of topics sure. which for me was commercial hemp so it was it was really super interesting i want to give a shout out to the indiana debate commission for being so respectful and nonpartisan. they really made sure that hoosiers have all their choices again our guest is lucy brenton she's a candidate for united states senate she's a libertarian party nominee okay so i get to be uh when i'm in there like at ibc mm -hmm. doing the uh, analysis my job is to be mm -hmm. objective yes. and uh Without a doubt, you easily, on just content, if you took party affiliation away, easily, easily won the debate, and the social media interaction seemed to confirm that. Right. Well, you know, it's super easy when you've got guys that are so focused on winning this race because their corporate sponsors have spent $30 million, then you know the stakes are large. So what they were hoping to do was to just simply ignore me completely. It was hilarious. Um, yeah, it was because they're sitting there, Tweedledee, Tweedledum, you know, I'm not a lobbyist. Why well, am a Hoosier Marine? I mean, that was really like the whole debate. Um, and then there was Lucy on the side. There was me saying, hey, guys, can we just stop bombing everybody? Can we make friends and not enemies? And by the way, why in the world are we controlling what people put in their bodies or take out of their bodies? You own you, and you should have the freedom to make those decisions. So it was really interesting because it made them look so bad because you would hit them. And not, not like like they were hitting each other, but they were being politician polite about it. Right. You were zinging them. Oh, like thanks. if somebody <laughs> did that to you in a bar, you'd hit them in the, hit them in the face, you know, but you were zinging them. And it was just like they just... <laughs> We're talking back and forth to each other, and I thought it made them look so bad. That's awesome. You ought to uh, advertise me as Lucy, the politician that can start a barroom brawl. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so uh, you got good response, though, out of the debate, I, right? I got fantastic response. What was crazy to me, and I didn't know this beforehand, is that it would air on C-SPAN. So if you Google C-SPAN 2016 Indiana Senate debate, bam, there I am, just, you know, a mom with 10 kids. Now, obviously, I'm more than that. But um, it's really an interesting position to be in. In 1989, I was actually Miss Indianapolis team. You were telling me that. Yeah, and I met Evan Bayh for the first time. And, and I mean, what a, you know, he was very much a gentleman, nice guy, young governor. Of course, in 1989, it never occurred to me that, you know, 27 years later, I'm sure. going to be debating him and telling him, hey, dude, where do you live? Right. It, it, so, um, okay, so let's talk about the polling because yes. the polling's fascinating. There was a poll that came out, this has been a couple weeks ago, that had you at 8%. Right. And that is phenomenal for a libertarian. Why are you doing so well? Um, well, I think people are simply disgusted. The marketing message of the old parties is, don't vote for an R, it's a vote for a D. Or don't vote for a D, it's a vote for an R. When those two parties have that exact same marketing message, the only thing that happens when those parties agree is that the American taxpayer is getting stolen from. So I think people would need to know that. Um, my polls did go from 4% to 8%, but I think... It might actually be bigger than that. The undecideds are 11. My favorite thing to happen is when the pollsters call me yeah. and they're like, are you voting for Todd, uh, you know, Todd Young or Evan Bayh? And I'm like, dude, I would never vote for them. And they're like, what do you mean? And I said, well, aren't there any other choices? And then if you push them, they'll actually say, well, yeah, there, there is. Or sometimes they'll even deny my existence. So I'm like, dude, I'm going <laughs> to vote for me. I'm going to vote for myself. And they're like, what do you mean you're going to vote for yourself? I'm like, I'm on the ballot. Look at the name. So that's a really interesting point because right now there is a ton of talk on the presidential election about the polls. And I don't think, regardless of what your opinion of Trump is, everybody can pretty much agree these polls are slighted from the sampling size to the Democrats. But you're talking about how they sort of rig the polls internally based on denying the third party existence. And it's interesting in the presidential race, when Gary Johnson is polled, Trump does much better. And Jill Steiner polled, Trump does much better. And you're seeing that in your race, too. Yeah, I think, I think I'm probably pulling more votes from the Democrats because they've always been more about personal freedom. So here's the interesting thing about that whole wasted vote on a third party argument. In a state like Indiana, we are traditionally so Republican that Trump's likely to win the state. So your best vote in the 2016 presidential election is to say, I'm voting for Gary Johnson because those popular numbers go up, but it's not going to change the electoral vote. So if you're like a ah, Republican or whatever, then you just go ahead and vote for Johnson in confidence. And it's really interesting. A lot of people don't realize this. 5% is the magic threshold on a presidential mm -hmm. side, because if you guys get, if Gary Johnson gets 5%, then the libertarians are qualified for federal yes. matching funds, which yes. is huge. That's a big that deal, right? Huge. Yes. Um, okay, so you're at eight, eight to ten, depending on what poll. It's been pretty consistent. It's not like there, that was an outlier poll. You've right. been right about there. Um, do people just because usually the libertarians poll somewhat similar? Rupert and and uh, and uh, Andrew Horning were somewhat close in in uh, in 2012. Andrew did a little bit better after the Murdoch thing. But you're polling ahead of Rex Bell. Why are you outpacing the rest of the libertarians? Um, I think. I think being a woman helps. I think people are finally ready for some strong female leadership and the type of person that can be an entrepreneur, run a business, and manage a household with 10 kids. I've got a strong personality, the type of personality that can go in the Senate, and even being just one of 100, I can get something accomplished. It's a big deal, too, like here in Hendricks County where we're at because we're a solid red county, and yes. that's probably ripe for you to come in and say, hey, if I can pick off... Two to five percent of the electorate here—that's a huge deal of of a strong Republican or of a Republican stronghold. It absolutely is, and I, you know, another great thing about my race is the fact that they are so close, right? And I'm the one that's really deciding the race. So if you add the undecideds in, assuming that those polls are not 
you know, giving my name. So the undecided that 11 or 12% could be me. I could be as high as 20%. Right. Which means I only need to pull a few votes from either one and bam, I'm at my 34% and I win. You, so vote for me. You are. And, and that's, that's obviously the end goal to win, but you are really a trailblazer. One, I think you may be the first woman to run for United States Senate. In... Rebecca Sinkerberg. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, she's yes. a very classy lady. Yes, I admire her greatly. She's going to be mad at me because we're friends on Facebook. I totally <laughs> forgot about that. But um, you're, you are a trailblazer from the standpoint of you're probably going to do better than any libertarian has ever done uh, in a United States Senate race. And that includes Horning, who got Murdoch to give him like 5% of his vote, right? Yeah, Andy Horning is great. And, um, you know, if you look at Andy and his debate, he's just so well-reasoned. He's just such a smart guy. And Rebecca St. Burris is super classy. I admire her. But darn it, I think people are ready for some fire yeah. and some things to get things done. So here's what I'm hoping, Rob. I'm hoping people look at that ballot and they say, Todd Young, man, he's just not very likable. Evan Bayh, he doesn't even know where he lives. Lucy, I love Lucy. I'm voting for her. Okay, so let's meet Lucy now. Again, our guest is Lucy Brenton. She is a candidate for United States uh, Senate. Um, by the way, you were on Cats this morning, so I'm curious, <laughs> how much different is it coming from doing Cats and then doing a show with me? Like, is this like night and day difference? You know, it is a little bit different, but... Because um, he's intense. Oh my gosh, he is. He asks some really hard questions. You're being much, much nicer. <laughs> I'm a much nicer guy than Tony Katz. Um, okay, so let's meet Lucy. You have, this is your, this is what people may know you best for. Right. You have 10 kids. I do. They're I, all yours. Right. There's one marriage, 10 children. I've been married to Dorn for 26 years, and it has been a ball. He makes me laugh every single day. Um, and we have seven girls and three boys and no twins. So I tell people I didn't even cheat by having them two at a time. <laughs> no, 10 kids. Yes. That's so many kids. I drive a, I, I drive have a church bus that it's a 15 so, passenger yeah that's like literally yeah, your, your family vehicle right it is it's my daily driver okay so tell us about because this is just so fascinating to me politics aside like usually maybe three or four people stop they're like man we got a big family right. that's a lot you kept going what is it with the 10 kids uh, i grew up mormon so i was brainwashed very early to believe that a, <laughs> that a big family is uh it's it's a requirement you get extra points in heaven if you're a woman that has a lot of children mormonism i kid you not um my my religious beliefs now are i simply don't divide god along party lines if you're muslim if you're buddhist if you're christian if you're good people you're okay with me i like to tell people that i stopped eating their carrots and i broke their darn stick. <laughs> okay. So what are the age difference between the kids? Uh, the oldest is 25 and the baby is three. And oh I'd like gosh. to add, like, I'm a super mom because my first home birth was Frank Breach and that was baby number two. <laughs> and then baby number eight was 10 pounds, 15 ounces posterior born at home. I mean, I'm like a warrior mom. And if I can do that, darn it, I can go take Nancy Pelosi and, you know, take some other people and just... The 10 kids thing, when I first heard that, that was my first introduction mm -hmm. to you was when you oh, got wow. nominated at the Libertarian Convention. Um, and you instantly wondered if I had any other hobbies. Well, I was like, <laughs> you know, she's got to be pro-life, you know? Yes. I mean, you know. Uh, okay, so let's talk about running for... for uh, by, by the way, what who's like who's watching the kids while you're out running for Senate because you're everywhere oh yeah the 23 year old is our nanny she okay. stays at home and the 25 year old the 19 year old they they broke camp and moved to Florida because they don't like the snow okay so but you have somebody <laughs> taking care of these kids yeah right? in fact we have eight of our own children at home and then we have a German foreign exchange student this year <laughs> so now I'm importing children from all over the world I got a son I didn't even give birth to it's now, awesome now what um 
you, you at some point you say, I've got 10 kids. Yes. I'm going to run for Senate. Take us through that thought process. Well, I ran in 1995, I think it was, for city council in Speedway. And that was a great experience. I only had two kids. And then we got busy and we had eight more. So now the baby's <laughs> three years old and, you know, she's not in diapers anymore. And I thought, I've got some free time. I'll run for Senate. That sounds like a great idea. It is so interesting um, that the... the, the Running as a libertarian, it's it's an effort. A lot of people would say it's built in futility because mm-hmm. of the disadvantages mm-hmm. you have. You decided you wanted to do it. What about United States Senate was compelling enough for you to get in a race? You've got all these kids at home to say, hey, I'm going to do this, even though the odds are totally stacked against me. Well, they are. Um, the reason I'm running as a libertarian, obviously, is I want the freedom to speak the truth. And in my race, where $30 million has been spent, clearly my opponents can't speak their personal truth. Whatever that might be, we'll never know. They've right. got their private versus public opinion, just like Hillary Clinton does. Um, so in my particular race, I said, you know what? There are lots of opportunities to run. Where can I make the best impact? Senate is one of those things that's a federal race. It's very you know, high visibility. Um, I've got a great background in finance. I have um, dealing with people and managing a herd of children. And not only that, I'm not afraid of speaking in public, as right. you might have guessed. And a lot of people are intimidated by that. So it's good to have a candidate who can speak to 10,000 people and not get nervous. Again, our guest is Lucy Brent. She's the Libertarian nominee for United States Senate. By the time this airs on Tuesday, we'll be a week away from Election Day. What does the final week... Well, I, I'm curious what your your campaign schedule, normal campaign day looks like for you, and then uh, tell us what the final week's going to look like. Um, well, every day I'm on Facebook and Twitter trying to respond to people personally. because and that The yeah. cool thing about you on Facebook and Twitter is you're active, but you've remained yourself. Like, you went somewhere I saw, and you got bad customer service, and you were ripping on them. <laughs> I, and I was. was like, oh. I was like, that's a mom thing to do. I like that. Well, you know what? we got to share information where we can. And I have that freedom. See, if I were Todd Young or Evan Bayh, I would be totally controlled by the Republicans and the Democrats who have invested $30 million so that they don't know who Lucy sure. is. So I can be genuine and authentic, and people know what they're getting when they vote for me. Yeah, it was great. I said, that's awesome. It's like you went mom mode and you're <laughs> running for U.S. Senate. But, but uh, okay, so keep, okay, go ahead. Yeah. What's the final week look like for you? Um, every day I'll be doing something. Uh, I'll be on a radio show. Uh, I'll be, you know, appearing someplace. My favorite thing has been to go to, you know, local uh, kind of not just Tea Party groups, but there are, I mean, every county has a group of people who are so interested in what's going on in our country that they have organized and gotten together. I really admire this. Even if they're just meeting at a Shoney's, these people care about our country. Sure. And because they care about their country, they invited me, they want me to win. Um, one of my best appearances so far, I got to give a shout out to Danville. Okay. To Danville High School. We they love had Danville. the best. They had the best organized and run uh, event that I've been to this year. Yeah, that was the Meet the Candidates Forum. Yes. They do that every major election cycle. Mike Nielsen, awesome guy. They were very nice to me. They said nice things about me, and I wasn't even on the stage. There you go. Um, and so we love those guys. They're totally awesome. You did a great job there. Um, so I'm curious, because you sort of have a perfect storm. You have Young as a Republican. He was very mean to Marlon Stutzman during the primary, so the Stutzman people don't like Young. <laughs> and then you've got Evan Pye. He's a big phony, and, yes. and the Democrats don't like him. So is this like a perfect storm for you? I think it is a perfect storm for me, because the problem with Young is that he talks conservative, but Marlon Stutzman called him out like, dude, you don't even vote for the conservative right, budget. Right. I know, because I helped write it, said Marlon Stutzman. <laughs> right. um, and so you have a guy who professes to be conservative, but when you actually look at votesmart.org and you look at his record, you're like, 
well, shoot, you're like a Republican in name only. And then you have Evan Bayh, who's already ruled for two terms as governor and two terms as senator and totally dissed us and went to Washington, D.C. I mean, that's the truth. And now he's saying, I'm not a lobbyist. Who knows where his money comes from? So I got to pick on him a little bit. But when you look at me, you know what you're getting. And the one thing that you're going to get more than anything else is you're going to get a fiscal conservative who has no strings. I can actually say, is it in the Constitution? Is it not in the Constitution? I can make my vote that way because I don't have a corporation that's given $6 million to my race that's saying, hey, Lucy, we, we need a $300 million sure. loophole. Let me pull that string. Is one of the biggest problems in the Libertarian Party in Indiana is far ahead of other state parties. But for the Republicans and Democrats, it's a little different this year. But for the most part, it's team sport. Holcomb can pair resources with Young, who can they can parlay off, you know, maybe a Jackie Lewerski or Todd Rakita. They've got these congressmen built in that are that are helping them. Dan Coates is a sitting senator on the Democrat side. You've got Joe Donnelly. John Gregg can work with Evan Bayh. Uh, they have pooling of resources is the biggest problem for you guys. Nobody has any resources, so you can't pull resources. <laughs> that is that is truth. Um, all of my all of my donations have come in from people just like me who want a more free world that they that they can live in. So I don't have a political machine behind me. One of my friends is real big up in uh, Mishawaka in the in the Democratic Party, and she's like, Lucy, just find out you know which county I'm from Hamilton County, so it'd be Republicans is in power, and just go and work with them. Then you'll have the political machine and the money behind you. And I said, Oh, thank you, but no. <laughs> Because here's the whole point. If I sell out like that, then I've lost the one thing that I have, which is the ability to be different and to stand on principle. Now, I know you love Gary Johnson. Oh, you yes. Love Gary. Yes, and, I do. And I had, awesome. we had Gary Johnson on the show. He was very nice. I really enjoyed the interview. Um, are you disappointed in the Johnson campaign, though? I mean, this is the perfect year, right? I mean, he should be getting like 20% of the vote. It's pretty hard to get a large percent of the vote when you're not in the debate. Yeah, so and they should have let him in, yeah, right? Yeah, and when people say, Lucy, you're going to do better than, than Gary Johnson, I'm like, you know what? If Gary Johnson had been allowed to debate, if people had been able to see him the same way they can see me, not only would I have gotten more, but Gary Johnson would get more. And that's the whole point, isn't it? Is we're looking at a rigged system whose entire job is to keep out new ideas because that would take away money. I mean, look at commercial hemp. I've been told that I talked way too much about commercial hemp in the debate, but the fact of the matter is if we were using hemp, it would take care of the paper industry. We could be wearing hemp clothing. We could put hemp oil in our cars. And wouldn't that take us away from the problems we have with Saudi Arabia and the Middle East? We've actually had Jamie Petty on the show before. We we like Jamie. She's mm -hmm. very nice. And she's, and she touched on this a little bit. And it's one of the issues that you're up against. You used your, uh, we'll call it Lincoln-Douglas yes. time during the debate to talk about industrial hemp. It's big in India. It is. It could huge. be a very big industry. The problem, and she talked about this too, people wrongly associate industrial hemp with marijuana. And right. is that an issue that you run up against that people don't understand what you were talking about? Well, they absolutely do. And let's face it, hemp and you know, cannabis, they were legal prior to 1932 and before, and it was totally political, the reason that they became illegal. Um, let's look at it this way. People are uneducated and it's intentional, um, intentional by the, the quote unquote powers that be. Sure. If people don't understand that commercial hemp, hemp can't make you high, marijuana can, then they don't understand that you could put hemp out there, talk about a cash crop. Yeah. I mean, I'm in favor of getting rid of farm subsidies because it picks winners and losers. If a crop is commercially viable and it should be in the marketplace, then the free market will let you know. So hemp is one of those things that could replace corn and soybeans in Indiana, and our farmers could actually make money. Is 
Okay, let's talk about the Trumpster for a second. You know, I love the Trumpster. Oh, yeah. I, I, the Oompa Loompa. I, I, I met the Trumpster. We, two egos. I mean, it was tough to get the egos in the same room, but you probably like a little bit of Trumpster because he makes people mad inside the establishment, right? He's an agitator. There's a little bit of you that likes the Trumpster. Okay, I'm going to take a lot of heat for saying this, but I'm going to say it on your show. I believe that Trump was put in there just to make sure that Hillary wins. You really believe I that? I really believe that. But There's... he's making her so miserable. He's calling Bill, uh, you know, a sexual assaulter and he's saying the crooked rotten awful Hillary stuff you still believe that today right because let's face it what is he not talking about he's not talking about the fact that we don't have an honest money system he's not talking about the fact that in 1913 you could buy a box of groceries for a dollar and that same box of groceries in 2016 cost twenty dollars he's not talking about anything that no let's face it everybody knows about the Clinton body count everybody knows that Bill and Hillary take money everybody knows she's a criminal and she's crooked he's not giving us any new information and he's not giving us any solutions that will change the face of America and the economy for the average American. Do you understand, though, when he talks about jobs going to Mexico and things like that, do you understand why he is resonating with a, a swath of oh, the American voter? Oh, abs- absolutely. I'm very concerned about jobs going anywhere. And the fact of the matter is, if we did what Gary Johnson said, and I advocate as well, make the corporate income tax zero and people will flock here. The reason the corporate income tax can and should be zero is when we buy a product as a consumer, everything is built in. Cost of goods sold, labor, taxes, that's all in the bottom dollar that we pay. So effectively, the corporate income tax rate is already zero. But if we set it at zero so that corporations would have a little bit of certainty about tax codes and things like that, take away those things, man, they would flock back here. But we have to do it in such a way that we don't also allow them to pollute. We have to hold polluters strictly liable. This is Lucy Brent. She's a candidate for U.S. Senate. In the final uh, five minutes or so we have with you, want to get into some policy positions. If we don't get to something today and people want to know more about maybe some specific issues, how can they learn more about uh, your stances? Thank you. Please go to LucyForSenate.com, and my issues are there. Okay. Um, All right. So let's talk about, uh, you've touched on this briefly, but uh, the the tax system, the tax code. Do you favor... Uh, rewriting the tax code? Do you favor starting over? Do you want to reform it? What do you think about taxes in America? Oh, thanks for asking. Well, prior to 1913, there was no income tax and we still had roads. So let's start with abolishing the IRS because the IRS actually has agents carrying guns around. And if you don't pay taxes, guys at your can show up at your house with guns. That is totally unacceptable in this country. I'm in favor of something like the fair tax. People can look that up. It's a consumption-based tax. So if you make $1,000 a week, you'd go home with $1,000 a week. And then you can decide how you're going to pay those taxes in the marketplace. You buy a new car, you pay some taxes. You buy bread, you don't pay any taxes. All right. Uh, insurance, huge issue now. Obamacare yes. prices spiking. Uh, a lot of people have lost their plan. Uh, a lot of people were told they would, uh, if they liked their plan, they could keep it. <laughs> how do we get affordable, quality health care to citizens in America? Thanks for asking that question. I was actually at a debate last night at Marion University and and watched four super smart people, two, four, and two against Obamacare. And here's what it really boils down to. Healthcare is a little bit different, but it's very similar to anything else in the marketplace. When government gets involved, things get more expensive. So things really weren't expensive before 65 when Medicare came in. We still had doctors that were coming to our house. We could still afford to pay it. You see, this all started because in the 40s, there were price and wage controls after World War II that said that you couldn't be paid by your employer. So they brought in insurance as a bogus thing they could offer you without actually paying for you. See, government interfered in the marketplace once again. That's really interesting. So insurance sort of started as a way for people to continue to get paid to get around price and wage controls. Yes, absolutely. So it's government interference. Here's what I'm in favor of. You should have the ability to negotiate in the free market for what you want. For example, they say, well,
possible. Well, Lucy, you know, you can mandate car insurance. Well, yeah, but nobody has to actually buy a car. So with health insurance, it's a little bit stickier because people get sick and they need help and we need a little bit of a safety net. And as a libertarian, I'm not in favor of removing that safety net. But the fact of the matter is, is if government weren't involved, healthcare would not be as expensive. So I say, repeal the whole darn thing and don't replace it. We've got to have free market solutions. And I would assume one of those, and, and you can speak this a little bit, uh, one area where you and Trump probably agree, is you've got to allow insurers to compete across state lines? Oh, of course. I can't imagine why we're not allowing that already. I mean, if uh, here's, here's the biggest problem that I have. The, the whole point of insurance is risk pooling. I don't smoke anything. I don't drink. I don't eat high fructose corn syrup or MSG and Doritos. So I lead a very healthy lifestyle. And for having 10 kids, I'm a pretty good size. Right, right. So when I make those healthy lifestyle choices, I should be put into a risk pool and be rewarded for those healthy lifestyle choices with low premiums. Unfortunately, the whole idea of Obamacare was to get the healthy people to pay for the sick people. And that's simply not fair. So I'm looking to things like Liberty Share and MediShare, those kinds of things where I can band together with other people and avoid Obamacare. Okay, uh, foreign policy. We had Joe Donnelly on last week. Uh, it'll be last week by the time this airs. And he was talking about uh, he was over in Eastern Europe dealing with mm-hmm. nuclear uh, issues, nuclear proliferation, and Russia. And um, what are this is a very broad, yes. broad question <laughs> because we could be here for ten hours and talk about it. Your general philosophy on foreign policy and the U.S.'s place in the world. Our men and women, mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, should not be dying to protect corporate profits for opium or oil. And of course, commercial hemp oil would would reduce that or eliminate that dependence on foreign oil. We need to stop being the world's policemen. We need to be friends with people, friends to all, allies to none. But where I come down is a very... What does that mean? Friends to all, allies done. That's an interesting quote. Let's talk about creating friendships and economic partnerships that allow people... You know, when you're looking somebody in the eye and you're friends with them, it's real difficult to drone bomb their people. Um, and so friendships and economic strength create alliances where it actually then becomes unprofitable to go to war. We go to war because it's profitable for Raytheon and Northrop Grumman and all those things. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely in favor of reducing our dependence on foreign oil and making sure that we have a strong national defense. Ta- you know, you want a secure border, get our guys from, you know, and gals from 900 bases across the, the universe and bring them home, put them all on the border and say, look, you mess with us and we will end you. We are going to have such a strong national defense that if you even think, if your grandchildren even think about raising arms against us, you better wake up and smell the coffee because it's not going to go well for you. Yeah, and that seems to be a, and I'm curious why it isn't becoming more a part of U.S. policy because more and more people you hear say, I mean, a stark difference from when Bush was president and the the days after 9-11, we should not be policing the world. Why do we continue to get involved in foreign affairs all across the globe? I'm going to recommend two books to read. The first is Official Stories by Liam Schaff. Official stories exist to protect officials. That'll explain a lot. But the one that'll explain the most about the economic uh, problems that we have is called Confessions of an Economic Hitman by John Perkins. Once you read that book, it'll it'll connect all the dots between money and Northrop Grumman and exactly how we are screwing everybody over in the world and then using our men and women in the military as mercenaries to protect corporate profits. And that's not right. Our men and women should not be dying so that rich folks can sit there and smoke cigars like the guy from the Monopoly game. <laughs> okay. All right. So the best part of the Trump rally is, uh, you know, he's talking about the wall in Mexico. <laughs> 
and you know who's we're gonna build the wall yeah we're gonna build it 10 feet higher yeah who's gonna pay for it mexico yeah your thoughts you just touched on a little bit but uh, border security and uh and and making sure that we have uh we have a, a nation of, of laws and and uh and borders we need a really sane immigration policy don't we we need to secure our borders we need to know who's coming in and who's going out but we need a system where people that want to come here the best and the brightest that want to be americans i want them here i mean shoot the guy that invented whatsapp he's he was russian he came here when he's seven years old and sold it for billions of dollars that's the american dream and people should be able to come here for that but what but we need to know who's coming and going we need to know that they're not criminals they need a background check and we certainly don't want to import a lot of infectious diseases so let's be sane about it but i want to welcome the best and brightest that only makes america stronger all right uh we're going to close with this you have a lot of people that uh are going to be voting here over the next week one week to go until election day. <sighs> by the way we do want to tell everybody we're going to have election night coverage for you here on the radio station, 7 to 9 p.m. I'll be down at the Government Center in Danville giving you all the local results. Plus, we will give you the results from Hendricks County for your race, uh, governor, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you, uh, as well as president. So that's 7 to 9 p.m. You can tune in and get real-time live election results. Uh, you got a, a week. People are going to be early voting. They're going to vote on election day. There's a lot of people out there, I'm sure, that are, are like, like many others saying, I don't like Todd Young. I don't like Evan Bayh. I don't know what to do. I don't want to... Th- quote-unquote, throw my vote away. Why should they vote for Lucy Brenton? Thank you for asking. They should vote for Lucy Brenton because I'm the only fiscal conservative in the race and I'm the only one that wants to keep government out of their bedroom and out of their wallet. You've complained your entire life about the Republicans. You've complained your entire life about the Democrats, but you keep voting for the same. Stop the insanity. If you want something to change, you have to make the change. The very first way that you can make that change with a very low risk is to vote for Lucy Brenton. I'm going to be one of 100 senators, so I've got the chance to make a decent impact, but I can't mess everything up that you're used to. Uh, and again, Lucy, we didn't get to a fraction of what I, you know, policy-wise, people want to know more. Uh, how can they learn more about you? Uh, please go to LucyForSenate.com. You can also watch the Indiana Senatorial Debate right there on my website. And by the way, whether who, no, regardless of who you're voting for, that Senate debate was a fascinating uh, 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 lesson in politics, and it was fascinating to watch. So we encourage everybody, regardless of who you plan on voting for, to watch that, that debate and get, get more educated. Hey, thanks for joining us today, Lucy. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Rob. It was a true pleasure. Hey, don't forget, if you missed any part of today's show, you can check out the podcast anytime you want. Uh, you can do that uh, by uh, SoundCloud or iTunes. We're on both of those now. Uh, search Central Indiana Today. Show will come right to your uh, smartphone or tablet. You can also uh, listen anytime at our website, wyrz.org. And as always, the program, the podcast, presented by McDonald's. Until next time, I'm Rob Kendall saying have yourself a great evening. You've been listening to the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. An archive of today's program can be heard at our website, wyrz.org. Tune in next time for another edition of the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today with your host, Rob Kendall. This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville Speedway, and 10th Street, next to Ben Davis High School, for great specials, including the two for $2.50 and two for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. 
Hello, this is Kevin Kersey. Since 1968, our family has been helping customers with their insurance needs. We provide insurance coverage for life, home, auto, and recreational vehicles. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. The Kevin Kersey Agency can also be found on Facebook at The Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. The Kevin Kersey Agency is a proud member of the Farmers Insurance Group. This is Luke Stevenson for the Central Indiana Innovation Hub. Central Indiana Innovation Hub provides space for individuals to meet and network for business-related needs. Central Indiana Innovation Hub is located at 5250 East U.S. Highway 36, Suite 1101 in Avon. More information can be found at indianahub.com. Our phone number is 317-696-3050. Office hours are Monday through Friday, 8.30 to 4. Tours of the facility are available. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. This is Donald James of Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth is a not-for-profit mentoring organization providing mentoring services to the children of Hendricks County. We pair mentors ages 16 and older with youth in Hendricks County. Over the past five years, we have been able to impact over 120 children through our mentoring and tutoring programs. Information about becoming a mentor or finding a mentor for a child can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio.